Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. That song hit so hard yesterday and I was home alone waiting for my husband to return. But he's back, baby. He's back, baby. I am no longer. I'm coming back for you, baby. I'm not a single man anymore. Have you seen that TikTok? I'm coming back for you, baby. Do you know who sings it? Who? Carly J. Rapson. No. Yes. Does she? Carly Ray Jepsen? Wait, why Uh why are we screaming at 6.07? Because we love it. We get excited. Wait, so she has has two songs? two icons. I'm coming back for you, baby. I'm I'm coming back for you, baby. I only know her as the uh, Call Me Maybe girl. Vanessa, I'm so happy you said that because literally when I hear that, it's all me and Lisa do. All me and Lisa do is recite TikToks in our house, (laughs) depending on what is trending. If something bad happens, we're like, it's me. I'm the problem. It's me. If something good, it's like, I leave the house. I'm coming back for you, baby. Oh, wow. I love how we turn this into a moment about you two ladies and not about my husband. I was going to say, I do the same thing. Yeah, I know, Vonnie. I know you do, baby. You know how I can relate to social media? I saw this thing going around the other day that everybody, uh, everybody at the beginning of White Lotus, and it's this guy doing this choreography. Did you see it? No. Okay, so he's doing full-on choreography in his living room to White Lotus, and it's hilarious, and it's so, like, terrible. And all of a sudden, all my gay friends started posting, like, oh, my God, this is totally me, or this is my boyfriend, or this is my husband. Love. And I was like, this is a meal. This is my husband. And sure enough, last night we watched, Not a good an ep- dancer. we watched an episode. Oh, terrible. Watched an episode, though, last night and did whole choreography to the intro. And it, you know how that intro builds. Yes. White Lotus starts off slow. Love. Then it gets really big. I didn't miss it that much. I didn't. I was like, your dancing is horrific. However. That's so funny. You're adorable. Lisa is actually a freaking great dancer. Really? So good. She was in Stomp um, on Broadway. Wait, really? Yeah, she really was. Wait, what? Yeah. Wait, not, on Broadway, not regular Broadway, off-Broadway. Yeah, but still, how do we just now learn this? Um, I don't know. I guess it just came out. She's, she's pretty good. She's going to tell us she wasn't on, like, Stomp off-Broadway. She was on, like, Step on off-off-Broadway or local theater. That's We're going to find out from Lisa later on. No, she really was, and she was so good. And anytime we, like, go to the club, I'm like, Lisa, just give me a little bit. And she just gives me a little sliver. Well, it kind of makes sense. Like, because. Oh. In your hands-off music video, she was like like drumming like she looked like she like knew what she was doing. Yeah, well, I feel like drummers have good rhythm. Yeah, you kind of have to. Mm-hmm. You're mm-hmm. like the heartbeat of the band. Yeah, right. The heartbeat of the band. Yeah, kind of like you're the heartbeat of the morning beat. Oh, baby, I'm coming back for you, baby. Stop it! I'm not going anywhere. Neither are you. <laughs> cuffing season. Oh gosh, Love it's here. Season. Can you believe it? 
No. And I literally listened to Christmas music on the way here, and I was like, So did I. What'd you listen to? Go. Uh, All I want for Christmas is you and Ariana Grande's Santa Baby. Oh my God. You're listening to Pop Christmas right now on Spotify, aren't you? I listened to, I'm also on the same list. I'm a little bit further down the list. I was on Blake Shelton and Gwen Stefani's (gasps) You Make It Feel Like Christmas, which I absolutely love. Christmas. I love it. It's kind of twangy and kind of country and poppy, and I love it. Okay, but you know who came out with a holiday hit? Alicia Keys. Oh, Everybody has a holiday hit if you actually pay attention. Yeah, but hers is a bop. Mm-hmm. It's like kind of sad and lo- like you definitely. It's one of those moments where you're looking out the window as it's raining, thinking about your life, thinking that you're in a movie. Except for it doesn't rain here. <laughs> yeah, so that's tricky. So it's sunshine right in my face. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, cupping season. We're talking about it here in a little bit. Let's get right to it, though. Uh, Oh, there's also White Lotus news in today's What's Poppin'. Woohoo! Wow, White Lotus everywhere. I want to talk about it. But first, it's time for news on the beat. All right, the U.S. Senate on Tuesday gave its final approval to a bill that enhances legal protections for same-sex marriages. Let's go, Senate! I can stay married! Let's go, gays! It passed with the support of a dozen Republicans who said it also protects rights of conscience and religious liberty for conservatives. The Respect for Marriage Act... Passed 61 to 36. Who were the 36? Republicans, all of them. Shade. And we'll next go to the House. Go to the House of the Senate. (laughs) I'm in a mood. Which has already passed it once, but needs to do so again to approve changes made in the Senate. And then to President Biden's desk for his signature before it becomes law. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer said remarks on the Senate floor before the vote that the bill was deeply personal for many of us in this chamber. His daughter, Allison, married Elizabeth Wyland in 2018. It's personal for me, of course. It's personal to many of my colleagues and their staff and their families. While we still have a few more votes to take, today is certainly an occasion for joy and relief, Schumer said. That's why visibility and representation mm-hmm. is so important because yep. you can literally be the gayest person in a Republican family and change that Republican family's thoughts and beliefs. Dick Cheney, his daughter, they were really not supportive for a long time and he and Liz have both come a long way since those years when their daughter first came out. Um, I literally thought you said Lizzo and I was like, Dick Cheney and Lizzo? <laughs> yeah, they did. They had a thing going on for a minute. Um, you know what's really interesting though? I mean, 36 a-holes in the Republican Party didn't vote for us. That's and, crazy. And, and a step further, the ones who did only did so because they got religious exemptions and cutouts and that's what that was their statement wow. you read. They're like, well, this also protects us protect religions you're like why do you have to say that shut up just be happy for us for a minute like in 2022 to have to like explain why you voted to support same-sex marriage and not just same-sex marriage interracial marriage yeah you know who voted against it mitch mcconnell his wife is asian it's just isn't that bizarre my mind could you imagine going home that night and she's like, so how'd you vote? And he's like, yeah. against our relationship. And the guy, <laughs> the guy who brought this all up, the reason they're voting, who said we should look at marriage next, was Clarence Thomas, who's black and married to a white woman. It's so stressful. It's just absurd. It is absurd. Oh, yeah, What's yeah. more absurd is Dick Cheney and Lizzo, and I'm not going to stop thinking about it. Let's make a meme. <laughs> it's going to be 58 in New York today, 55 in Cleveland, 35 in Denver, 57 in Vegas, 56 in San Francisco, and 69 in Palm Springs. Give us a vibe. Be bigger. Decide to make room in your life for someone who thinks differently than you. It's how you love another human. Be best. Have you ever been in this situation? <laughs> and I already know the answer. So, um... We were gay until we met each other, right? This is gender bending. Is this the conversation about how you're confused about the situation? 
no. that you're on? Oh, that's a different no, conversation? No, different conversation. Oh, I get so excited about some of these conversations. Um, so, to gay people that are now heterosexual with each other while gender bending. This is wild. These gender bender babes went from dating members of the same sex to falling madly in love with one another in their unusual heterosexual relationship. Try to wrap your brain around this, okay? I don't understand it. So they're formerly openly gay or gay-only sweethearts, right? Um, who sort of, <laughs> it says their avant-garde armor has gone viral, fetching upwards of 30 million views. So this couple, so they, they were lesbians, right? To, oh, to, a lesbian and a gay man. Right, yes. a lesbian and a gay. Oh, a lesbian and a gay uh-huh, man. And they were friends. And they were for, so. Oh God, this is Michaela and I. No, this. Okay, she's please, been trying I to sleep with me for years. Okay, this lesbian and this gay man were really good friends, and then they started falling in love with each other, and now they're together. Okay, but got it. Here's what's getting my goat. There is a photo here <laughs> of him on her lap. Where the lesbians are going to lesbian, and the gay men are going to gay men. He is so daintily sitting on her lap. Oh yeah, with his legs crossed. And it's so incredible because he's the feminine one and she's the masculine one. <sighs> that's the gender. And that's, that's the gender bender. Fascinating. Is this crazy? That'd be like you and I hooking no, no, up no, no, and no. me holding you like a baby. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> it's not because you. No, it's not. It's the opposite. Because you are feminine and I am pretty masculine for like for our for our roles. Okay, yeah, but for this it would to be, be funny, this would be imagine Lisa. six five sitting would, on my five no, foot two butt. This would be also be Lisa and Emil. Because my husband's a little more feminine, and Lisa's a little bit more androgynous. Yeah. Imagine Lisa carrying a meal. He'd around. be sitting on her lap, legs crossed, wearing heels. Oh my god, I love it. And Lisa it. would be like, "Yeah, what's up with the ripped jeans?" Lisa be playing Beyonce for him. Okay, let's try to wrap our brains around this, like, because we want to create space where every where everybody's okay and everything's okay, right? What is this? Do we think? Like, what is this? And does it even matter? Like, so he's I mean, a gay guy and she's a lesbian matters. woman. The, like, they look. It's funny to me because my life is fun. Like, everything is funny to me. Mm-hmm. But I think it really is based off connection. They probably spent a lot of time together, realize they have a lot of things. I, I truly believe you can fall in love with anybody. Well, so she says, listen, before James, that's his name, I only dated girls, mm-hmm. but I've always been attracted to femme men because I love the combination of confidence and femininity. So I was going to see you perform a year and a half ago, and one of your friends sat next to me, and I was like, Ooh. Oh, that's a thing. I, I had and a I friend. Thought, and I thought, I was like, oh, he's fine. He's a cutie. And then I realized at the end of the night, he's a she. I had no idea. And she's a lesbian, correct? Yes. Identifies as lesbian. Yes. But like beautiful, but like kind of androgynous beautiful. No, extremely androgynous, and, very and masculine. Yes. Um, is much more masculine than feminine. Yeah. And actually what's so funny is, and this was the, not the first time, but a lot of gay men would approach her when we were at the gym working out mm. and they found themselves like fumbling over their words yeah. and they were like, wait, I'm gay. And then she's like, no, it happens all the time. It's fine. I'm confused about this. Because you're maybe just attracted to masculinity or feminine energy. It's not necessarily gender. <gasps> Isn't that interesting? Host in the world. You're wild today. Oh my God. I just Is it those Nespresso pods I gave you last night? I haven't had an espresso in quite some I can tell. Time. You're jacked up. <laughs> this is fascinating though because here's the thing. And here's, this is actually is the thing. As you know, I, well, I hope I'm not the only one. Once you're in a relationship for a certain amount of years, it's not like you're just having sex all day, every day. 
It's mostly just seriously. It's mostly just talking through issues, companionship, dealing with stuff, and then every like week or so, you like you get lucky, right? Yeah. And so the bulk of a real relationship, and this is where I think a lot of gay, straight, I think a lot of people go wrong in this area. They look for a partner where it's just hot sex all day, every day. I know gay men are really into this, right? And they live a life of always searching for something to make them happy and feel complete. And they never feel complete because all they're looking for is sex. They think that's what we're supposed to just, that's how we're supposed to live. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you as somebody who, you know, has been in a relationship for 10 years and is happily married, it's so much more. And I think these two to figure this out at such a young age and be like, listen, this companionship works for us. I was in a relationship for three and a half, four years when I met you with someone who I did not have sex with. Yeah. We attempted sex, I think, three times over the entire entirety of our relationship. And now I missed that, and that wasn't a fully healthy relationship, but it was one of my better relationships in my life. Yeah. He was at my wedding. Yeah, We're still you so, had a great so close. Yeah, and, and he was like a best friend to me. We traveled the world together. We experienced things. He was very kind. He's always been very kind and protective of me, uh, other than the time he slept with my best friend. But that's neither here nor there. But again, that's because the sex got in the way. The sex got made things weird. So I think if you can find somebody, because as we continue to redefine relationships and marriage and all these other things, you have to also create space for people who are like, listen, sex is not number one on my list. And yeah. for, for and real, honestly, it's probably... it's not. It's like, not. a lot of people would be like, oh, I have sex all the time. My partner is... Good. No, like, that's good for you. A lot of people don't have sex. And also, sometimes I'm like, I wonder, like, do you actually have sex all the time? And if you do... Like, is there an insecurity somewhere, a void you're trying to fill? Like, what else? Well, I think there is because I think that for so long society has deemed sex and being sexual as, like, mm-hmm. that's what it needs to be. But if you talk to a lot of people, they're like, no, I don't have sex with well, my And also, that much. like, gay people, and I would say gay men specifically, have been so sexualized by media for so long. People think we're just having sex all day, every day. And I'm like, really? You know what I did yesterday? I cleaned my home and then I, I put up the Christmas tree. Well, I, I took my dog for a breed. walk. I, I do think you're a little bit of a different breed. I did have sex last night, but okay, so, I'm also different. Well, you just... There it is. That. There okay. it is. Balance. Okay, so my husband came back into town last night. First thing we did is watch the new episode of White Lotus. So exciting. Everybody's talking about it. The show's low-key, like, gay AF, and we're obsessed it's also what's popping. What do you have for us? Love to see it. Okay, well, it's very, very funny, but White Lotus creator and cast discuss the show's latest shocking gay scene. Now, there are spoilers ahead. Oh, God, I haven't seen it yet, so I hate this for me. But season two of the show, which features an almost entirely new cast and moves the action from Hawaii to Sicily, mm-hmm. has been even more sexually charged than the first. And gay Twitter has been thirsting over Theo James, Will Sharp, and Adam DeMarco, all of whom have shown quite a bit of skin in recent episodes. So hot. So it seems like only a matter of time before the show's creator, writer, and director Mike White attempted to break the internet. At the end of last night's episode, Jennifer Coolidge's Tanya stumbles upon her new gay bestie, Quentin, in a very compromising position with his scorchingly hot alleged nephew, Jack, in a scene that feels like a direct callback to the one between Bartlett and Gage in season one. Okay, so remember that scene? Yes. Gay Twitter's losing it. That, okay, so it's so funny. That scene, every gay person who saw that was like, that's great. However, it was the scene of him like doing something to like his his booty, 
right? We might say tossing the salad. Yes. Is like the kindest way of saying that. And the angle that he was standing like that, that's not it. He shouldn't be standing like that. He should be he should be in a different position, right? Right. Anybody who's ever done that knows that. Right. The, but but it, for, for TV, it worked great. Yeah. This, this sex scene. This works. Very much works. Slaps. Done this one thousands of times. Oh my God, I'm so excited. So, and Jennifer Coolidge, if she doesn't get another Emmy just for the look on her face. When she when she stumbles upon this moment, she's so oh great. honey, she's she's giving me everything. And I didn't know if I would, because you 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 have not watched season two yet. No. And we were talking about it this morning, and you were like, "Is it as dark as season one?" And I was like, "It's different than season one, but it's, it also feels like it's in the same family as season of one." Of course, of course. But I don't know if I like it better or less than. I I like it equally. It's really, really good, though. I love it. I can't wait. I can't wait to watch it. I'm so excited. I love Jennifer Coolidge. My friend Gregory Earls actually did her makeup the night she won the Emmy, and he was so proud of that. Um, I just love her to death. Did you see the one the one tweet? We, we make the joke all the time, when you're here, your family, Olive yeah. Garden. Yeah. Somebody wrote, the, the White Lotus Sicily said, when you're here, your family, D. <laughs> I love it. Because the whole thing is that... The shocking part about it is, you think the it's the nephew and the uncle together, and you're like, wait, what? So oh no, my we, God. maybe they're not actually related. We don't yeah. know right now. Yeah. Or incest is happening. It, I'm sure. It's a whole I'm lot sure of things. They're not. Can't I'm sure be they're right. Not. That's too much. Mike White wouldn't do that test. All right, coming up in red, white, and cue, the Senate has passed the Respect for Marriage Act. What that means for us and how we feel about the 36 that voted against us. Coming up next. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Good morning, Beat. Channel Q. Coming up this hour on the show in about eh, 12 minutes or so, Samuel Garrett-Pate, our political expert, is going to join us to talk about the big news yesterday. Senate passes the Respect for Marriage Act. Every Democrat... And a handful of Republicans voted to support the right for us to be married, also the right for uh, interracial marriage, and uh, 36 Republicans voted no. Mm-hmm. So that's where we are in 2022. But uh, Samuel's joining us from, from Equality, California, 
uh, to give their response uh, and to share why uh, this is such a big deal. Yeah. Uh, a lot going on in Washington, D.C. right now. Lame duck sessions can be a couple. They can go a couple of different ways. But right now, Democrats realize we've only got control for the next few weeks. So we have to get a lot done very quickly. Yeah. I know we just saw that uh, Congress is set to vote on um, keeping the rail system moving and avoiding the strike, which could be catastrophic to our economy. Uh, that's happening today as well. So lots to keep you updated on, and we'll do our best to do exactly that. So make sure you tune into this conversation coming up in just a minute. Major, major win for our community. Um, how are you doing? I'm doing good, my love. You got your blankie today. I do. I'm romanticizing my life. <laughs> So our producer, Vanessa, tells us all this all I'm the time. obsessed with her. Well, I was like, I want to be cozy. It's December. It's not December. Nobody sees me. It's not Almost December. Dece- well, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> this bitch always no, drags no, me. No, but it's not December. You make it's one November, mistake. It's November 30th. And he's going to make sure everyone well, you, over but, national but radio also, knows about it. to be fair, everybody, mm-hmm. everybody already thought that because you've been saying it's December for a week now. Yeah, well, it's past Thanksgiving. What's the point? <laughs> November, we're through with you. No, you know, November, you have nothing left to offer Thanksgiving us. Thanksgiving should be the last day of November. I know, but I feel like Real a talk. lot of people think that. Everywhere you go now, it's Christmas yeah, stuff anyway. Totally. But I was like, I'm going to wear my cozy jams. I'm going to make my sexy Nespresso mm. with the pumpkin pods you gave me. Mm. I'm going to bring my blanket, and I'm going to be cozy at work. I love it. And I'm going to treat it like it's snowing outside. No, it, it, it snowed in my home. <gasps> My living room, there's snow everywhere. Oh, that's so cute. I so you meant under my like entire cute. entertainment center, it's kind of a couple inches off the ground every year. I don't, well, I don't think I did it last year, but I take uh, like warm white lights and I put them all underneath it, and then mm. I cover them with fake like batting that you would put on uh, make pillows out of, and I cover it so it looks like a snowfall in my living room. That's so. Wait, will you send me that recipe yeah. because that's so cute? <laughs> Not a recipe. <laughs> send um, me those directions. And my dog Kingston loves it. He hasn't done anything to it. I'm afraid to leave him home alone with it. But he you has, think he'll eat it? I don't know. He gets. He, he's not. He doesn't do that, right? He doesn't really eat a whole lot. Vanessa, you've dog sat him no. many times. He's like so good. He doesn't chew other anything. things other than his toys. It, it, yeah, if I tell him this is a toy, he knows forever. That's it. But he never has chewed a shoe, a sandal, anything. God bless him. A dirty sock though is a challenge. Oh, for him. my stupid dogs! I don't have any underwear. They literally like my dirty underwear. You had they to, eat you it. Had to go there. Well, they do. You had and to honestly, they have taste. Well, maybe in December, <laughs> they'll uh, turn over a new leaf and they'll stop doing that. Yeah, maybe. When December starts. Probably you know? Which is not. tomorrow, guys. Tomorrow. Well, Tomorrow's tomorrow you could say it. Amen. Amen. Let's do some news on the beat. Okay, there's a lot going on. Have no fear. I've got it. A non-binary government official has been accused of stealing a woman's suitcase from an airport carousel, a felony that could lead to five years in prison and a $10,000 fine. Sam Brinton is the Deputy Assistant Secretary for Spent Fuel and Waste Disposition in the Office of Nuclear Energy and a well-known LGBTQ rights activist. A criminal complaint accuses them of stealing a piece of Vera Bradley luggage containing over $2,000 worth of items from the Minneapolis-St. Paul International Airport on September 16th. Brinton was caught on camera removing the bag from the carousel, ripping off the bag tag, and hurrying out the door Brinton would ultimately claim they took the bag by mistake if they had not checked any bags on the flight. They did, however, check the missing bag on two more trips. 
When questioned by police who asked if they had anything that wasn't theirs, Brinton replied, not that I know of. Ultimately, Brinton said they did take the wrong bag, but that it somehow contained their own clothes when they opened it. They then called police back and said they had not been completely honest and that they had mistakenly taken the bag because they thought it was theirs, but got nervous people would think they stole the bag and did not know what to do. So they said, okay, this is a long-winded way to say that a bag was stolen. Okay, don't steal things. It sounds like they messed up and then were like, oh my God, they went with it because they were afraid to get caught. Totally. Mm. Yeah. Start. Well, you can't steal stuff, honey. <laughs> All right. Just not Okay. Um, all right. In other news, DC's Rainbow History Project announced it has launched a new project called the Trans History Initiative to better integrate the often underrepresented histories of trans people into RHP's existing programming. In a statement announcing the new initiative, the LGBTQ History Group says it has been awarded a $15,000 grant from DC Mayor Muriel Bowser's, Bowser's Office of LGBTQ Affairs to fund the project. According to the statement, the new trans initiative is in keeping with Rainbow History Project's longstanding mission since its founding in 2000 rhp's mission is to collect preserve and promote an active knowledge of the history arts and culture of metropolitan washington dc's diverse lgbtq communities rhp strives to ensure that its collection volunteer corps and programming reflect and represent the full diversity of those communities the statement also points out that due to long-standing bias and discrimination faced by transgender people it has been difficult to obtain information about their lives and accomplishments all right, let's get into weather. 58 in D.C., 35 in Chicago, 84 in Orlando, 40 in Seattle, 62 in L.A., and 69 in Cathedral City. Now give us a vibe of the day. Be bigger. Decide to make room in your life for someone who thinks differently than you. It's how you love another human. Love it. I love that. I am American. American. You know what that means. It's time for another round of Red, White, and Clue. Or, uh, Red, White, and Clue. Can we, can we can call we it that? Can we get a clue? Can we get a clue? I need a clue this morning. Red, white, and Q with our political expert from Equality California, Samuel Garrett Pate. Sam, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you? We're doing good. We're we're doing good. Well, we're trying to figure out how we're supposed to feel because we think we're supposed to be excited about the Senate passing the Equality or the Equality, the uh, Marriage Act, the Respect for Marriage Act yesterday, right? Yep. Big deal. Every Democrat voted for it. And we even got, was it like 13 Republicans to sign on? Um, 12. 12, 12 Republicans to sign off. So the final vote count was what? Was 61 to 38. Got it. Um, So Senator Warnock is uh, right where we need him, down in Georgia, campaigning in the runoff election so that he can be our 51st vote. That was the number. uh, Come the new year. There it is. Good call. You you could hear the wheels turning in my head. I was trying to do the math really quickly. Um, (laughs) So uh, it feels like this should be a really exciting thing. However, some people in our community are saying that this bill... Uh, was a sellout. Is that true? Uh, And if so, why or why not? Well, it's not true. Look, you know, I think people want full lived equality. And so anything short of that um, is going to be a disappointment. And that's understandable, right? Um, Congress owes us full lived equality under the law, which means passing the Equality Act. The House has done it. The president is ready to sign it. But unfortunately, we have two members of the Senate on the Democratic side who are unwilling to reform the filibuster in order to pass the Equality Act. So I understand why people are disappointed that we don't have full lived equality. But we also have a responsibility to our community to make progress where we can Mm. and protecting 
marriage equality under federal law requiring states to recognize same-sex marriages and interracial marriages if they're valid, validly performed in other states, regardless of the own, their, that state's own laws, and getting rid of the discriminatory Defense of Marriage Act passed back in 1996. Yeah. Those are all really important things that we need to do, especially when we have a court that has shown that they're willing to overturn decades of progress. I understand we've had marriage equality in this country since, uh, since 2015. Um, the first part of the Defense of Marriage Act was overturned in 2013. Um, but the court has shown us that we can't rely on their rulings, and so we've got to go back and repeal these discriminatory okay, laws. Okay, Sam, go off. Sam Garrett, hey, I we have it. Mr. Paschal, I, I and we it. have Ms. Joel. Uh, but I agree with you. I think it, I think that uh, it's just a big deal either way. Do you think that uh, we're in any sort of danger moving forward? Is this still something they're going to be harping on? Or can we sort of take a... I know that we can never breathe easily as gay people. Where there's constant work to do. But can this be sort of put to bed momentarily? I guess I say well, that the I'm debate, still like, no. The debate certainly should be put to bed, um, right? The, the idea that this that our marriage rights are up for debate should be put to bed. The problem is, right, Congress can only do so much. So just like in 1996, when Congress wanted to ban marriage equality, they could only say, look, the federal government won't recognize it, and states don't have to recognize each other's. Well, here we are in 2022, and the federal government can only say, you know, we have to recognize it, and states have to recognize each other's. But they can't reach, the way our government works is they can't reach down and just impose it without amending the Constitution. So we've got to go back to some of these states like California, where Proposition 8 is still on the books, and repeal these laws in the states to make sure that it's not up to the courts to decide whether our marriages are valid state by state. But this will provide some really important protections. Because let's say, um, you know, you live here in California where marriage equality is banned, um, under the law, if, if, if Prop 8 were to come back because of the Supreme Court, you could now go to Nevada where uh, marriage equality is protected under their constitution mm. and get married there. And California would have to recognize. Really Look, I think we're going to repeal Prop 8, but yeah. it's important to provide these other options just as a worst case scenario. I marched. I marched against Prop 8 back in the day and and, and cried my eyes out. It was one of the most beautiful things I'd mm-hmm. ever seen. Mm-hmm. I also met Pink that day and she gave me a hug and said, it's going to be all right, baby. So I felt like it was it was a win-win. It was a win-lose situation. Um, you know, the, the government is doing what, it's, what it does, right? And our government is tricky. And just like you mentioned moments ago, something that plays to our favor one year might play against us another year. So we have to be careful for what we ask for. Um, But this is a step in the right direction. We're super, super excited about it. Not really thrilled with the 36 or whatever Republicans who voted against it, um, whatever that final number was. But uh, but we're here and we're we're proud to be here. Samuel Garrett Pate, it's always a pleasure. Thank you for your passion and information uh, joining us from Equality California. Thanks for being here. Always happy to be here. Bye bye. Bye, Sam. So I'm going to read a text conversation uh, that one employee had recently with their boss. uh, And I'm going to read it all to you. And I'm going to let your blood boil for a moment. And I want to get your reaction. Go on. Okay. So the boss texts this woman, says, it's a scheduling nightmare with so-and-so gone. Another employee, right? We need you to work the 24th and the 25th. By the way, that was Thanksgiving Day and the day after Thanksgiving. The employee wrote back, 
I'm already approved to take off the week that weekend, the 24th through the 27th. The boss says, things have changed. I've scheduled you for the morning of the 25th and the 24th and the afternoon of the 25th. Okay. So then the person replies, I'm not coming in on Thanksgiving. The boss says, it's non-negotiable. There's no other options. If you want to keep working here, I need you to work the 24th and the 25th. The employee says, guess I quit then. I won't be coming in tonight with a peace sign. Then the boss says, please call me now. And repeatedly calls over and over and over again, trying to call the employee. And the employee simply says, I quit. Didn't answer any of the phone calls. What do you do in this situation? How do you handle this? Like, well, How do you feel about this? Okay, it's tough for me because um, I recently came into this situation where I had to pick my brother up from the army. Sure. And it it was a non-negotiable. Mm-hmm. Like my brother asked me to be there. I like helped raise my brother. This was a big moment for him. Last Monday and Tuesday. Last Monday and Tuesday. Yeah. And I got a call from our boss and he was like, listen, with this shooting that happened in Colorado Springs, it it is our job to cover it. Can you come in? Because we had worked to pre-record some things for our listeners. On Monday and Tuesday. Yeah. And and that was the plan so you could go see your brother. Right. So you could still hear our voices. Right. Giving you brand new content, brand yeah. new stories, um, but just did them a couple days in advance so that you could be with your family. Yeah. And then the shooting and then happened the shooting over the happened weekend. And the shooting happened But it was already my travel day and it was the day to see my brother. You had flights booked, everything. Everything was done. Mm-hmm. There was nothing I could do. And it was a non-negotiable for my brother that I was there. There's certain moments he, in life you just got to show up. Yeah. And I literally am his mom. Like mm-hmm. he would be distraught and what are the chances that something like this well they're higher than they should be but yeah we had no idea that colorado springs was going to happen so grateful that our boss was like all right all good i'll have somebody else come in not a problem it was you and ryan basham you guys covered it so great i'm so appreciative for that but i can't say that if he was like well then you're fired i would be like Okay, well, like it's I, interesting. It's all that'd be an awful situation. It's to be an in. awful situation. I think it comes. The, the boss is just horrific in this situation. Their communication skills are just just terrible. To to threaten to somebody in 2022, although also like do better. Like you don't threaten an employee. Um, luckily, you have an angel of a coworker, and 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 me and I came in, but you would do the same for me, and you have many times. Yeah, and so that's that's also a part of it because I think with. This person goes on to express that they were feeling kind of guilty because by quitting, you're now putting the other employees in a situation where they have to pick up the slack. Yeah. But that's that's the issue, though. It, it, it's oftentimes I feel like in this capitalist society that we live in, the government does it to us all the time. Employers do it to us all the time. They make us feel like we have to have this deep, deep loyalty to our country, to our uh, our our corporation to whoever it is we're working for right and that if we don't our 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 co-workers are going to be the ones who suffer not the company really it's co-worker versus co-worker or citizen versus citizen yeah and so i i want this person to, to understand like that's not on you your boss if scheduling is that tight if it's that tight where one employee being off is messing up the whole system this bad and just days before is realizing, oh, we need you to work, one of two things should happen. One, the boss should get fired because you're not doing your job. Part of your job as a manager is to it's just schedule and to have contingency plans ready to go, right? So you're obviously not planning. Or two, close for the day. 
If it is so important that you be open on Thanksgiving Day and you're going to lose employees over it, maybe you should rethink that strategy. Or three, look, sometimes I really do understand I was a waitress. Like, things just happen where there are not enough employees during the holidays. Everyone has taken time off. But sometimes, and this has, has happened, the bosses just have to work double, triple time. And it sucks and it doesn't feel good, but they're also the boss. And they're, they're the one in charge. More. And if that means you're the one that has to go wait <laughs> the tables, it's not ideal for anybody, but yeah. that's how it goes. I remember a couple of years when I was waiting tables back in Columbus, Ohio, I had to work uh, Christmas Eve. And that was a big deal because I was like, I don't, this is horrible. Like my family gets together on Christmas Eve. Yeah. So what we do, we go to my grandma's house, we go to my dad's house. It's like a whole thing. And I remember having to work and then driving two hours home like at like midnight because I wanted to wake up Christmas morning with my family. This is in my 20s, so it was a lot more important to me back then. Um, but I'm of the mindset like I would quit. Like I would do I would do exactly what this woman did. You well, approve- this boss was so out of line. Totally. And that's the thing. I don't want to work for a boss like that. No. Like and thank no God. We, thank God we don't because like there have been situations. Our bosses had to be very, very flexible with us. He hasn't oh, had to be, but so he has great. been. And also, I think he realizes, like, you guys have worked through a pandemic. You guys recorded a a show from home for 10 weeks. You guys have put in, like, you've proven that you care about this show. And from time to time, things happen. And if this person has been looking forward to this vacation weekend, regardless of whether or not it's Thanksgiving, the time off was approved. Like, it was approved. Yeah, the boss just sucks. This particular boss. Well, that part. All right, so when it comes to acting, uh, I I could never. Like, I just, I don't have the chops. I tried to be an actor back in the day. It didn't go so well. Um, and sometimes actors have to go really, really deep into their roles. We know Heath Ledger really struggled to get out of the mindset of playing the Joker, uh, so much so that that it, that he lost his life. Like, it, he was just that far into the character, yeah. right? Uh, and some of the greats kind of have to go there. Um, but one of the current greats, in my opinion, Evan Peters, is opening up about his process, and that's your What's Poppin'. What do you have for us? Well, this is intense because um, Evan Peters, I watched the whole Dahmer series, and it was so dark and twisted that you would imagine Evan Peters would absolutely have some sort of PTSD or have like some night terrors. I watched 30 seconds and couldn't do it. Yeah, it's crazy. Well, he had to go to a really dark place to play the infamous serial killer Jeffrey Dahmer. Um, So in an interview, he said uh, he revealed how difficult it was both to get into character and then to shake it all off. He said, I put so much negativity and darkness to portray the character that I thought, okay, once this is done, all of that goes away and I have to get back into the light and start filling myself back up with comedies and romance and those sorts of things. So he said... He watched Step Brothers <laughs> featuring none other than his Dahmer castmate Richard Jenkins. And Is that, that Will, was one of the Will ways. Ferrell? Is that a Will Ferrell movie, right? Yeah. And John C. Riley, uh-huh. I think. Yeah. yeah. And um, that's how he sort of shook it off. And uh, he just did that every day. He also. Um, Made sure that he like worked out and did all these things that you do to stay positive. But Step Brothers was the key in making him, oh my god, bringing him back to the light. And honestly, great choice, great choice. What do you do when you're trying to like pull yourself out of something? Do you is there something do you have a go to? Yeah, I recently found out that I'm obsessed with 
I know that cleaning helps me get out of the funk, but I'm obsessed with filming the process. I like to see it all messy, and then I like to see it clean, and I've been posting these videos on my Instagram, and people love them. They look forward to Saturdays or Sundays when I post it, um, and it makes me so happy. It brings me right out of a funky mood. You know, it's funny. Um, our number one listener, Jerry, back in uh, northern Kentucky. Old Jerry. And brother-in-law, uh, a couple years ago, he's so intuitive. He always knows he knows what I'm going through sometimes before I know. And he, he's one of those people who will reach out, right? And he reached out one time. He's like, hey, how you feeling? You going through it? It was a few years ago. And I was like, uh, a little bit. Well, why? He's like, well, I saw you posted on Instagram something about you're watching like a Disney movie. And your big sister watches Disney movies when she gets depressed. That's so funny. And I was like, really? He's like, yep. I can see it from a mile away, and I was like, oh my gosh, that's so wild. So I tend to watch like Disney cartoons or, or things from my childhood. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that's why so many people love going to Disneyland. Yes. You know, it's, even as a grown-up. Yes, it's why Hallmark uh, like rules this entire season of the year. Absolutely. All the Hallmark movies people watch, it's like simple and cheery and upbeat and happy. Yeah. Yeah. I will say too, getting your body moving, working out, running, walking, okay, anything, now just you're get, getting a sweat. Now you're getting crazy. Oh, I can't. I love it. When I don't work out, I know Emil, your husband felt the same way. If I don't work out for a week or two, it affects my mental health so bad. Yeah, I think he's at the gym now or he's heading to the gym. Yeah, he's excited. Very excited. I'll see him there. All right, coming up in our next hour, we are talking how do I clarify? If this ambiguous queer hangout is actually a date, have you ever gone on a date and then somebody else was also invited and then you're (laughs) unsure what is going on? We'll talk about it next. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. The Morning Beat with A.J. Gibson and Michaela Gordon. Channel Q. So have you ever gone to hang out with somebody, maybe as a queer person, uh, and they're also queer, same sex, and you weren't really sure the parameters of the hangout? Like, are we just friends, or do you or do I think this is more? Maybe it's a date. Who knows? And how do you how do you navigate that? Yeah, it's tricky. We talked about this the other day about having, you know, um, same sex gay friends when you're like in a relationship. Is that okay? Well, for us, it kind of has to be. But for straight people, they have an issue with it. It was the guy the other day who was straight and he had a gay best friend, 
and the girl is like uncomfortable with that. Well, what about this situation? We're going to talk about it. We're going to dive in here in about 10 minutes. Um, also, is there such a thing as being too nice to your waiter? You and I met working at a restaurant together, uh, and this one person's mom says, I'm too nice to the wait staff. And I've got a personal story I'll share with you. Happened yeah. just recently. Mm-hmm. Can't wait. Can't wait. I love being super nice to my server, always. Yeah, I, I literally, that will turn me off so quickly if you're rude to a server. I don't care who you are. It's so gross. Early in our relationship, I had, to, I had to have this conversation with my husband years ago. I was like, you're kind of dismissive and kind of rude. Mm-mm. And then I went to dinner with his family and I was like, oh, it all makes sense. Yeah. I think you have to learn how to how to like treat wait staff. And some people just don't get it, right? And if you haven't worked in restaurants, I think you definitely don't get it. Yeah. Uh, so we're having that conversation this well this the this hour as well because I think a lot of people are going out to dinner. They're going out to you know fancy places for the holidays. Um, so stick around for that as well. Right now, uh, a little early, but we can get into some news on the beat. Give us a couple stories. What do you got you for got us? You got it, babe. Well, the U.S. Senate on Tuesday gave its final approval to a bill that enhances legal protections for same-sex marriages. It passed with the support of a dozen Republicans who said it also protects rights of conscience and religious liberty for conservatives. The Respect for Marriage Act passed 61 to 36 and will next go to the House, which has already passed it once, but needs to do so again to approve changes made in the Senate and then to President Biden's desk for his signature before it becomes law. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer said in remarks on the Senate floor before the vote that the bill was deeply personal for many of us in this chamber. His daughter, Allison, married Elizabeth Wyland in 2018. It's personal for me, of course. It's personal to many of my colleagues and their staff and their families. And while we still have a few more votes to take, today is certainly an occasion for joy and relief. All right, now the news. A non-binary government official has been accused of stealing a woman's suitcase from an airport carousel, a felony that could lead to five years in prison and a $10,000 fine. Sam Brinton is the Deputy Assistant Secretary for Spent Fuel and Waste Disposition in the Office of Nuclear Energy and a well-known LGBTQ rights activist. A criminal complaint accuses them of stealing a piece of Vera Bradley luggage containing over $2,000 worth of items from the Minneapolis-St. Paul International Airport. Britain was caught on camera removing the bag from the carousel, ripping off the bag tag and hurrying out the door. Britain would ultimately claim they took the bag by mistake, but they had made, but they had not checked any bags on the flight. Britain was placed on leave from the Department of Energy. Listen, the worst thing I, I feel, I feel for this person because you make a mistake and then you kind of go with it because you're like, you've, you've gone too far. Yeah. It's like you run into somebody that you've met a hundred times, you don't know their name, and you can't ask them because you've met them a hundred times, and you the should worst. know. So you go with the lie, and eventually it catches up to you, because it always does, and they're like, listen, we didn't know what to do. I remember one time, this is so terrible, I'm going to admit something really bad about myself. I've struggled with this one for probably 12 years, and I was working as, I was doing like cater waiter type stuff. I was working as a bartender for like events, you know, you get hired, and they're like, we'll pay you $25 an hour to go work for four hours at this event. And then you can keep your tips. Well, I was working with this uh, these two people, I think, and my family was getting ready to come into town for Thanksgiving, and I was dead broke. And so I was, like, trying to, like, hustle and make extra money so I could afford to spend time with my family and be happy, whatever. And we're working, 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 and one of the guys is a complete a-hole. Just horrible, horrible personality the entire time. The other guy's pretty nice. And he's like, let's shut down, let's shut down, we're done, we're done, the event's over. And I'm like, 
because they were going into something. It was like a fashion show or something. And I was like, uh, okay, well, we've still got like 10, 15 minutes left. And he's like, well, whatever, let's get out of here. Let's get out of here. So I'm like, okay, cool. So he's doing that stuff. And all the tips that we get get shared with each other. And this NBA basketball player comes up and he's like, hey, can I get his drink real quick? And guy's like, no, we're closed. Right? And he's like, uh, we still got a few minutes. And I'm like, I got you. What do you want? So I make the guy a drink or two drinks, or whatever. And he slides me, like sneakily hands me a $100 bill. And that is supposed to go in the pool, the tip jar, right? And I pretend to put it in there, but then I put it in my pocket, which is like the most unethical thing I've ever done in my life. Mm -hmm. And it made me feel so bad still. And he catches me and he goes off. Ah. And I lied. I said, no, I didn't. He's like, empty your pockets. I'm like, I don't empty my pockets. No, I I don't have anything. And he tried to like turn me in. And I was like, there's nothing there. He's lying. And I called him a liar. And I was the one lying. That's the worst. Because he tried to be like, no, we're not working anymore. I was like, fine. If you don't want to, I'm going to take this one. And I made the money. Yeah. So in my head, I was justified. It made sense. I was in my 20s. I was broke. Ugh. And I str- I've struggled with this for many years. And at first, I was like, well, he was a jerk. But tr- once you once you tell a lie one time, you're stuck with that lie. Yeah. Like you have to keep doubling down on it. So I feel this person. May the struggle be gone. Can somebody just forgive me? I felt bad about this for like 13 years. Yeah. It's okay. It's okay? We're forgiving you. Okay. We forgive you. All right. All right. Weather, 58 in D.C., 35 in Chicago, 84 in Orlando, 40 in Seattle, 62 in L.A., and 69 in Cathedral City. Now give us a vibe of the day. Be bigger. Decide to make room in your life for someone who thinks differently than you. It's how you love another human. Amen. So you show up for what you think is a date, only to find out that the person you're meeting for a date brought another friend. Great. What do you do? Especially, I think as queer people, this is really complicated sometimes because we're not always sure. You don't just like come out and ask somebody, one, are you even gay or bisexual? Sometimes that's confusing. I've been on situations where I've been out with guys and I'm like, oh, I thought it was a date, but you're straight. And I didn't find out until after the fact. But I think there's so many different layers to it. Um, how do you clarify and what do you do if you're in that situation and all of a sudden you're like, hmm, I guess this is not a date, in fact. Awkward. Well, something awkward happened not too long ago. A friend of mine who I've been friends with for a quite some time wanted to link up, not realizing that like I've been living in L.A. for the past four years, thought I was still in Vegas. And I was like, OK, girl, clearly you don't have social media. Fine. So he was like, do you want to go to dinner? And I was like, yes. And then I went there and Lisa was with me. And for a moment, it was as if like he got struck by lightning. I think that he like wasn't, I think he like was just very clueless about my whole life altogether. <laughs> and then I was like, this is Lisa. And then he was She's like, my girlfriend. Uh-huh. I was like, this is my person. And he was like, uh-huh. And then Lisa was like, uh-huh. How awkward and then I was for Lisa. Like, uh-huh. And then dinner was like, uh-huh. And it was just rough. It was awkward. I feel like it's almost worse for her than for him or for you. To I be, guess. To be like the third wheel? No, he's the third wheel. Well, yeah, yes, yes. But in his mind, he oh, thought no, there were two of you. Oh, no, he got it very clear. No, it was more awkward for him because then he was like, uh-huh. Like, me and Lisa are thick as thieves. Like, we were like, 
let's tag team this and go home. Like, oh, wow. okay. Oh, wow. Not like that. Not like, <laughs> like, you know, like, we got it. Yeah. But clearly there's a misunderstanding. It was more for like him. And then he's got to sit there and be like, okay, this is weird. Well, this person who was talking about this experience happening to them uh, on a YouTube video recently, uh, his name, their, their name is Kai Chang, uh, Kai Chang Tom. And they uh, have a segment called Ask Kai uh, on YouTube. And said that, listen, this did happen to me. It's very, very awkward. And one thing it's you have to in this day and age, especially as our community in particular is becoming more fluid in the way that we date and have conversations around gender or sexuality or lack of. Um, I think that, you know, we did the story earlier about the lesbian woman dating the gay man, right? Yes. The lesbian is very, like, kind of more... Uh, I guess, butch or mask, right? Yes. And the gay man is very femme. And both of them had only dated the same sex up until the point they met each other, and now they're like in a happy relationship together. And that can feel confusing to try to wrap your brain around, but it really isn't. And this person says, to get rid of all the confusion, you have to ask, is this like just like a friend hangout, or is this actually a date? Because in 2022, the lines are so blurred. Yeah. And it's so confusing. I have so many friends who try to date and do it unsuccessfully all the time. And they're like, I just don't know what I'm doing. I don't understand it. People ghost me. They, they're they looking for one thing one minute and another thing the next. And I, I, I don't know what I would do. I don't know how I would react. I do know that one time a few years ago, I had been on on a, a, a talk show that day. And one of the, one of the other hosts or correspondents on the show uh, had just moved to Los Angeles. Very attractive man. We really had great chemistry, but I was very much in love with my partner at the time, but I was trying to be like nice guy and make a friend. And I was like, hey, Will and Grace, the new season, the, the, the reboot was premiering that night. Right. I was like, you should come over. We're going to have a couple people over. Or we're gonna have, or I probably said I'm going to have a couple people over um, and we can watch it tonight. I might not have actually said that. I might have thought I said that. Because he showed up looking all kinds of cute with a bottle of nice wine. Awkward! And I was like, ooh, okay. And then he comes in, and I said, hi, this is my boyfriend, Emil. <laughs> and he's like, uh-huh. Yeah, I'm just... And so I think he thought it was a date. It's got to be more awkward for the other person. Yeah, we got very drunk Because that it's just so weird. Yeah, I think that, look, it's really hard dating in L.A. It's also really hard to read people in yes. general. If you're confused about a situation... Honestly, just, go, just you know what what's what's it called Irish leave Irish exit Irish exit just walk Honestly, out. Honestly, just say you're going, yeah, to, the bathroom I'm going to the bathroom. And leave. Goodbye. Well, and that's how you handle. Because you have things. to be clear nowadays. Because like everything is acceptable, everything is on the table. I know. There's nothing that that is. But 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 if you're going to be too afraid to have the conversation, this could happen to you. Yeah. As it did to you and Lisa. Awkward. Okay. Aye, aye, aye. Well, I'm glad that you know we've we've. I'm glad you tag teamed this guy and then left, as yeah. you put it. Good job for me, Lisa. <laughs> All right, this is a fascinating conversation. This one user uh, sharing their story with Miss Manners, saying that is it possible to be too kind to a waiter at a restaurant? Um, and too kind? Yes, saying after enjoying a Thanksgiving meal at a restaurant, I was shocked by uh, to be scolded by my elderly and generally very well mannered mother about the way I interact with waiters and others in service positions. Now, this is interesting because this person says, listen, I think the world could use a little bit more kindness. The mom says, this is not somebody who is invited into your home. If they were in your home, you treat them this way. But they're doing a paid service 
So it's actually uncomfortable that you're being so kind and cordial and friendly with them because it makes it feel like it's a, it's a friendship. And she goes, I think that's actually rude to the server. You should treat them like an employee because that's kind of what they're doing right now. Okay, girl, well, you treat your friends how you treat yours, and I'll treat people how I want to treat them. I know so many people that have um, actually made friends with the wait staff. Totally. Because I'm going to surprise you, mind about to be blown. Wait staff are human beings who make really good friends and human beings, and so you can actually be nice to them. Well, I, I told you a, f- a couple months ago, I went to go see uh, Laura Morano. Shout out, by the way, her birthday was yesterday. Happy birthday, Laura. Um, and she is uh, an actress and a singer, and she was doing a show at the Troubadour. And we walk in, and the bartender there freaked out, ran and gave me a big hug. Because about 10 years ago, eight or nine years ago maybe, I was bartending. And she came in, she was crying with a friend, and and her friend walked away, and I just leaned over the bar, and I said, hey, whatever it is, it's going to get better. I promise you. And she, like, let me know that somebody had just broken up with her. She was heartbroken, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And so I wrote, I got her I got her out, uh, like, a $2 bill, because I always carried a two, lucky $2 bill on me. And I wrote something like, uh, chin up, beautiful, or something like that, and signed AJ with a little smiley face, and I gave it to her. She pulled it out of her purse. She still kept it eight, nine years later. She said it made her day. She goes, I have looked at this thing so many times when my life has been like stressful and just your kindness that one time when you were my bartender. And I was like, I barely remember the interaction. So like it goes yeah, both it goes, ways. So listen, I remember when I was a waitress, when people would go out of their way to be kind to me, mm-hmm. because also there were days that people like did not know what was going on with me where I was like having a rough day emotionally. Something had happened. But or you have to smile. I was stressed about something, but I still have to be kind. And then when they would go out of their way, I remember one time this guy was so nice to me. He tipped me a thousand dollars and I started sobbing at the table and he's like, yeah, I don't know what you, what you're trying to do, but you're just really great. And I want you to, and he wasn't hitting on me. He wasn't being gross or weird. Mm. And I was like, oh my God. I mean, talk about things that like you never forget. Yeah. And so being on that side to hear this mother critiquing her daughter for being kind. I think it's also a little bit generational and, um, God, I hope she's not listening, but my mother-in-law is tricky at restaurants, right? We went to dinner during the break. We were down in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and we went to a nice dinner one night with his parents, uh, his cousin, and his Aunt Lily. And I've been to dinner with his mom and dad before, and they're like the kindest people in the world, but for some reason, they're not that great at restaurants. Like, they, they, they definitely treat the staff like they're service people and that's it yeah they don't make eye contact they don't, which is wild because his mother one-on-one is so personable and kind and warm and loving but when it comes to servers for some reason they just it's almost embarrassing because i worked as a server for so many years yeah and there's a lot of like asking a lot of questions not being aware that they're very busy and doing other things thinking that we're the only table and my husband has tried to let them know many times hey listen like I was a server, you gotta you gotta be more kind. But my husband also used to be very, very bad, even after he was waiting tables. And I had to let him know. You look someone in the eye when you talk to them. You say please and thank you to them. You kindly ask them to do something for you. Not just because they're getting paid for it, because they're a human, like you said, and you have to be nice to them. And he has gotten so much better in recent years. I think though, he said to me, he's like he's like, people sometimes genuinely just do not know. 
Like you have yeah. to teach people how to to act in a restaurant. I think so, but I take that everywhere in my life. I take it yeah. if I'm getting my car washed. I take it like anybody that's doing any act of service for you. You should just be kind. Like sure, it's their job, but um, yeah, because okay. I understand. Be nice. Gener- I think what this woman is trying to say, and this is maybe how my 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 mother and father in law maybe think a little bit too. You don't want to be like overly kind as if you're like, oh, I feel sorry for you and I'm being kind to you because I pity you because you're a server. So I think maybe that's where this mom's mindset is. So in an attempt to be kind, you're actually being more rude, right? Yeah, I hear that. So I, I get but that, but let's weird. just be kind. Yeah. Be nice to your server. They always have something going on. And listen, 99 of servers and bartenders in the world, probably, if they had their number one choice of career, they wouldn't be be there. So just keep that in mind as you're going out this holiday season for a meal or a cocktail with a friend or family member. Yeah. So this is awkward. I love Sophia Bush and Hillary Burton, but they're coming out now. Just to Um, clarify, she said Sophia, not Sophia's. I just want to clarify. What? You said Sophia, not Sophia's, correct? I'm making a bush joke right now. Oh, got it. Okay. Okay. We were like, what? Lesbian. Lesbians. Carry on. Uh, They claim they were coerced (laughs) into participating in a sexy shoot with Maxim by their show's creator. It was very much a no one else wants you. The studio wants to cancel your show. You don't start to generate some buzz and attract these male numbers. We're dead and all your friends are going to lose their jobs situation. Um, And so that's why they did this Maxim shoot. Uh, she said, at the time, I said, no, I don't want to do this. And then I was told I had to. The John Tucker Must Die star alleged. You know, it's so important that these women come out and speak against these men or women, in this case, again, a man, uh, who had so much power in Hollywood that he would take their show away from them if they didn't pose on the cover of Maxim. Um, she said it was just such a profound threat and a threat to being able to honestly even to have the ability to escape for the weekend a place that at this stage this season I was leaving every chance I got that's how she describes when she finally left it was just a very unsafe um, work environment and that's you know it's not surprising at all especially in 2006 2007 when me too is it it's like prime always has been um and i'm happy that they're coming out talking about this well, tricky. this is why this is why it's so important to have diversity across the board behind the scenes as well the decision makers need to be diverse they need to represent you know who we are as a people because they may very well have believed what they were saying like, listen, you gotta, you got, our our numbers with men are not high enough. So Maxim's a good way to do that. And that's all true. That yeah. might be all be very, very true. But it's true because you're only giving out the same type of content you've been giving out for the last 50 years, right? And when you give people something different, they realize, oh, we enjoy different. We don't need to do things the way we've always done them. Yeah. And when you only have men making the decisions, they're going to keep doing what they know, right? So that's the beauty, I think, of social media and living in this era where we're seeing different representation all the time. Right. And like, yeah, could Maxim be a good way to like get some more male viewers? Sure. Are male viewers actually what you want? Maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe you actually want more female viewers. Mm -hmm. And there's another way 
to attract them, and it's not by posing sexy in a photo shoot. Yeah, listen, I'm just glad that these women are coming out. Take the people down, honey. Sorry that you girls had to deal with that. Yeah. Just gross. All right, coming up in our final hour, we are talking with the very first out lesbian uh, gay Miss Nevada, Heather Renner, on her experience uh, in a world where it's not always been great to be gay and how she's dealing with it. Coming up next. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Good morning, B. Channel Q. Welcome back to the show. This feels like a lot of worlds colliding right now because our girl, Michaela, to my left, born and raised in Las Vegas, Nevada, also performed in a beauty pageant. I love beauty Didn't pagents. quite have the same success as our next guest. At You're all. I'm 5'2". 5'2". Two. Five two. Went um, so bad. <laughs> Didn't really go the way you had planned. But our next guest is not only uh, Miss Nevada, she's also the first openly gay Miss Nevada. Yay! Please welcome to the Morning Beat, Heather Renner. Heather, how are you? Hi, Heather. Hi, good morning. I'm awesome. How are you guys doing today? Oh, we're great, I, listen, queen. I love it. I can tell you're a beauty queen because you already know how to talk on the radio. It's amazing. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah, Miss America is really good at teaching you how to do public speaking stuff. Um, <laughs> I also did theater the entire time I was in high school, and that helps tremendously as well. So everyone should put their kids in theater. Oh, my God. Yeah. I'm in love with you. I was a theater kid back in the day. Yep. Yep. Oh, what was your favorite role you ever did? Okay, so I didn't do a lot of good ones because I was a pretty terrible actor. Uh, I was a theater oh, no. major in college as well, but I played. We did a Commedia dell'arte piece, uh, and we did it in like a in set in like a Cajun Creole setting. And I played Leandro, which was one of the lovers, and I got to do toe touches uh, in a floor length custom made royal blue duster jacket. So for me, and I was wearing ruffles as well. It was a it was a moment. It was a moment for I you. was very gay and very happy. Yeah. Oh, how opulent! I love that for you. <laughs> Listen, Heather, we met at the Equality Awards uh, in Vegas a couple weeks ago, and I was just so excited to talk with you because I love pageants. I know people are very, they find them controversial for me uh, competing in them. I felt like I was able to explore my talent singing. I also felt like it gave me a lot of confidence. Um, And so I wanted to know your experience as well. How has it been being the first out lesbian while holding the Miss Nevada title? It has been more profound and more fulfilling than anything I have ever done, honestly. I uh, knew that it was going to be something of a big deal when I was crowned Miss Nevada because I didn't have that kind of representation growing up, and I knew that that was something that I would have wanted as a kid. But the response from people nationwide has been so overwhelmingly positive and sweet. Um, I did have a few homophobic comments that were left you know, on my on my crowning news articles on Facebook, but those people just have so much to learn. And that has been my my path as Miss Nevada is to help kind of connect communities and help people who maybe don't personally know anyone who's LGBTQ plus and ask the questions that maybe they don't really understand about our community so that hopefully in the future they're kinder to us. 
listen, you put it more succinctly and more kindly than we do. I just say, catch up with us. I don't know. Like, get into the times. It is what it is. Right. We're here. We're not going to go anywhere. Um, but well, again, I tell you what, there is also a very strong defense, which is called the delete and block function. Mm. Hey, now. Hey, now. I love deleting and blocking. You do do that it's as well. It's one of my pastimes. Uh, what's the most shocking thing, really, that's come out of all of this that you didn't anticipate um, while coming out as a lesbian and holding your title? Oh, man, that's a huge question. Um, I think that there's really a huge sense of self-actualization that I've been able to reach over the past few months and understanding that I am truly capable of creating anything I am going to put my mind to. Uh, I was talking to my best friend about this on the phone the other night, and he was like, Heather, I've never met someone who just manifests It's like you just decided you were going to go viral on TikTok and now you have 65,000 followers on TikTok. Mm. And I think that's really what what has changed in me over the past year since coming out and winning Miss Nevada is this idea that nothing is going to get in my way. Because when I was a kid and I looked up to Miss Nevadas, I thought they could do anything in the world. Mm. You know how you look up at Miss America and you're like, you're the coolest person alive. And now I'm starting to see myself the way that I would have seen in Miss Nevada 10 years ago. And that is what is so empowering. It's amazing. When did you win the title? Uh, I was crowned July 1st. Okay, so um, first day after Pride, congratulations. I got married on June 20th, so Michaela was helping me celebrate in Mexico around that time, too. So it was a good good time for all of us. Um, Congratulations. So family... Uh, what is that conversation going to be like? Are they open to this? Are they supportive of you? Are they proud of you? What's that going to look like? Yeah, my mom is my biggest ally and advocate ever. She Mm. is the coolest person in the world. And, you know, when I came out to her as a teenager, she just didn't really personally know very much about the LGBTQ plus community. And then last December, we were driving home for Christmas, and she used the phrase all genders. And I was like, I didn't teach you that. You've been learning And so, you know, the amount of effort and love that she's put into understanding me and and the community more has been so incredibly warm and and heartfelt. And so to have her around is is always a wonderful thing. Some of my other family members, not as awesome, but her and my sister are great. (laughs) Well, you know, Heather, I will say, speaking for myself, I always looked up to Disney princesses. I loved Miss Americas and Miss USAs and pageants. And it would have been so nice as a little girl to see um, a woman like me up there. And now as an adult woman, I'm so proud to know you, be friends with you. I'm cheering you on. We all are here at Channel Q. And thank you for being the much needed representation in a world that this is new to. Thank you so much. I mean, I have to say the same thing to you. You're awesome. And and your art is beautiful and important, and the things that you talk about in your music is just absolutely incredible and gives me just tingles down my spine every time I listen to your music. So, oh God. Thank you to you. I'm never going to hear the end of this now. Oh Miss Nevada likes Michaela Gordon. <laughs> thank you so much, Heather Renner, <laughs> uh, first openly gay Miss Nevada in history. Thanks, Beauty Queen. Thank you so much. Have an awesome rest of your day, guys. Tell me something good. Are you humming along, Michaela? Okay. This story is so heartwarming. I saw it a couple of days ago, and I'm so glad we're finally getting to it. Um, It happened in 1971, uh, and there's an update just recently. Let's take a listen to the audio, and then we'll tell you all the details. I I keep having to pinch myself to make (laughs) make sure I'm awake. And I'm just... 
I'm just elated. I'm just, I can't describe my feelings. That's Melissa Highsmith and her mother, Alta, who no go, um, uh, Alta, which I love, is like the female version of tall. What is that? Alto. People call me Alto, right? Right, Vanessa? I'm looking at her a little. Right, right. Okay, our Colombian-American little producer over here. Um, And Melissa was kidnapped from her home in Fort Worth, Texas in 1971. Oh, my God. Her disappearance, one of the oldest missing person cases in the United States. Now she finally gets to celebrate a reunion at Christmas. She's calling it a Christmas miracle with her family. Uh, This is wild. So her mother... Uh, um, had put out an ad for a babysitter to watch over her 21-month-old. That's how old she was in 1971. A white-gloved, well-dressed woman going by the name of Ruth Johnson responded to the call, but she was no babysitter. After Johnson picked up baby Melissa from Alta's uh, roommate, the two were never seen again. She ran off with the kid 51 years ago. Nuts. And she was just now reunited. Nuts. How wild. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? I, if I ever had a kid, this would be my, like my number one fear. Number one fear, but also like the fact that she's still alive. Yes. Like she lived all those years just as a, a different like identity in a different home. Had no that's idea crazy. this was her mother. Oh, oh, awful. That's wild. Okay, I love this story. Um, Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, right? Okay, whoa, whoa, whoa. Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Get it right. Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Do you smell? What the, what the rock, rock is, cooking. is cooking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, he's cooking up some good news as he writes a wrong at a 7-Eleven. Take a listen. I have been waiting decades to do what I'm getting ready to do now. Hey, where's your Snickers? When I was 14 years old, every day I used to stop here at the 7-Eleven and steal a king-size Snicker bar because I couldn't afford to buy one. That was my pre-workout food. I did that for almost a year every day. I had to come back and buy every Snickers bar on those shelves. Okay, my question is, though, no one caught on. He went there for a year, went in every day, didn't buy anything, and no one was suspicious. Have you seen those muscles? Maybe they're afraid of them. Maybe, but I can't imagine going to my local 7-Eleven every day not buying anything for a year and no one being like, hey, bud, anything in those pockets? (laughs) But I'm happy that he did that. Listen, one time I got asked to do a beer run when I was like 15. It was before Idol, maybe 15. And I wanted to be so cool in front of the people that were there. And I was like, you bet. Let's do it. So I went to the gas station and I grabbed a, first of all, I was terrified. I'm not a good stealer or a liar. Oh, a beer run means you steal it? Yes. Oh, a beer run where I come from means just go grab some new beer. No, a beer run when you're like below 21, it means you're going to run in, grab something and run out. Oh my God. And I was like, okay, I will. And so I went in, oh guys, I still feel so bad. I saw this like stupid six pack of like beer and I just grabbed it and I ran out. Six beers. And they were like, <laughs> what? Exactly. They were like, what did you grab? And I was like, uh, the beer. And they were like, there's six. There's a whole party waiting for you. You risk getting sent off to juvenile detention for six for beers. For six beers. And I didn't even drink. I just wanted to be hot and cool. Back then, it probably cost about six ninety nine. Yeah. Oh, it was, oh yeah. $7. Yeah. That's what you about one way to... You okay, got, fine. You I'll got go back. Up. I'll go back. I'll go back and pay for it, okay? Do you remember what kind of beer it was? No. Maybe hmm. Modelo. That's what's coming to my mind. Modelo? 
Listen, it was a very random steal, okay? I felt <laughs> awful as I was doing it. You should. God. All right. Thank you. That's it. Good news for some. Sad news for others. Me. Uh, make sure you listen to Dr. Chris Donahue today on Love Line. As always, he's talking about some great topics. We have a great show for you tomorrow. It's Therapy Thursdays. Until then, take care. We'll see you later. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.